Welcome to Pacific Drift with Jason and myself, John. This is a podcast about the communities, cultures, and languages in the Pacific. Each week, we give ourselves a particular place or topic, and we go ahead and research it individually and come back into the studio to share what we have found. This week, we are doing New Caledonia. That's right, New Caledonia. Oh, you're excited. I am, yeah. Tell me why. I think it's a special discussion that we're going to have here. A special one. Okay. Okay. Uh, Would you like some facts? I would love some facts. Okay. I don't think that you have these, so I'll provide them. No. New Caledonia is a set of islands in the Pacific. Oh. Roughly 17,000 kilometers from France. Oh, that's a long way. Yes. Yeah, because it's technically part of France. Is it? Is it actually part of France or is it just sort of French run? I think that it's part of France. Wow. Yeah, I don't really understand the political affiliations, but um, yeah, it's French. Okay, okay. It has an overall area of about mm, 18 and a half thousand kilometers squared, if that means anything to you. I think it is the third largest in the Pacific or the second largest? It's relatively large. New Zealand first, and then I think it's New Caledonia. Okay. Uh, It's divided up into three separate provinces. You have the north and you have the south. (laughs) And then the loyalty islands. Wait, what about the middle? Do you not have the middle? Well, no. Uh, It's just the north or the south. I mean, you tell me. Are you asking for some reason? (laughs) Yeah, I was just curious. No, but then there's also the loyalty islands, which sit, I think, just west and that forms a separate province. Yep. The indigenous people are the Kanak people. There are also people of European descent who live there, and also Polynesian mm-hmm. descent, also Southeast Asian and um, North African oh, descent. Interesting. Yep. Capital is Numea. Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Confirming that. <laughs> From what I understand, New Caledonia was first sighted by Captain James Cook. Cookie in, boy. In 1774. Yep. And from that time, it became a place where people occasionally did whaling or they uh, collected sandalwood. <laughs> Or they collected slaves, unfortunately. And they also collected nickel. Yes, yes. We can go into that more if you like, because you're saying yes, yes. I I just was saying yes, because I felt I needed to say something. Okay. (laughs) Well, it was taken over by France in 1853 on the orders of... Napoleon. Really? Yeah, that's correct. (laughs) Napoleon III. Did he ever visit? I don't think so. I think he just told his people, hey, go collect me some territories, and they did. And they did. Yep. Yep. From that point, it was a French colony. Again, over time, the Europeans came, and they collected nickel, 
and also in exchange introduced things like smallpox and measles, which <laughs> decimated the native population. What a great exchange. <laughs> yes, this is a very common story in the Pacific. Mm. What I find very interesting is that, John, you have just returned <laughs> from New Caledonia. I have, I have. So I am looking forward to hearing lots of interesting things about the place and about your experiences. Well, if I'm being totally honest. Yes, please. Um, I did a lot of lying on the beach. I read a few books. I snorkeled. Mm -hmm. I hung out with my mum. I drank French wine. And, and that probably sums up the trip, very okay. generally. Okay. So <laughs> in terms of adventurous stories, I feel like I'm probably lacking. But there were some interesting things about the place. Okay. Well, let me um, provide some context for my first question okay. to you. New Caledonia, because it is a part of France, yes. has French as the official language. Bonjour. And there are 30 native languages. Yeah. And they all come from the same branch of the same language family. So they're all Austronesian languages. And within Austronesian, they are all oceanic mm -hmm. languages. And they all seem to come from the southern oceanic branch. Mm -hmm. So um, that is quite Interesting, and it's also interesting that they do teach those languages in school. Yeah, yeah. And for some of them, they, they teach them all the way through oh, wow. school. All the way. Yeah, yeah. You, you can do it all the way through high school. I yeah. Think. So, um, since French is the official language, upon arriving there, is, is everything... Conducted it's in French? So French. Really? It's, it's really French. Like, apart from the, you know, the beautiful climate and the tropical, you know, and everything, um, you could be mistaken for being in France just for the amount of Frenchness. Really? They are obsessed with their little bakeries, with their baguettes. They uh -huh. love speaking French all the time. Now, I learned French in high you school. You are a master of French. <laughs> So, how did that go? And the most I said was, uh, merci. And that was all I could get out because I am very, I find it very awkward to speak a language that I'm not good at. And I'm really not good at French. So I was at the market on the first day and I saw this thing and it had like some French name and I was like, I know what I need to ask. I need to ask, what is this? And I had it. I had it on the tip of my tongue. I could have said it, and I just got too embarrassed, so I walked away. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that seems so unfortunate. This was your opportunity. It was my opportunity to speak the French that I spent five years learning. You spent five years yeah. learning French. Yeah. And you couldn't even utter <laughs> one <laughs> word. <laughs> well, it would have been a couple of words, but I was so just ashamed of my lack of French. Yeah, I'm ashamed of you too. <laughs> can't say that. <laughs> okay. Um, so it's all very French. It's very, very French. And it's also very weird. Like all of the things are French. So you, you know, the cars around, there's lots of normal cars. And then there's just a load of like Citrons. 
Really? Yeah, loads of them. What's a normal car? Uh, like I don't know, a Toyota. Okay. So there are normal cars, and then there's just a bunch of French cars. And then, you know, you go into a shop, and the cheeses are from France. Wow. And the wines are from uh, France. So they just import all of this stuff. Everything. Everything. And it's weird, because... There's so many other places <laughs> that have these kind of things that are closer, you know, and easier to get to, you know, get stuff from. But no, everything is French. And it's it's weird. There's um so we obviously went to the to the shops a few times and noticed that everything was very expensive to buy. Not, you know, outrageously, but you know, more expensive than say in New Zealand or Australia. And then as we were wandering the streets, you saw real estate agents and you looked at the, you know, price of houses and apartments, mm -hmm. dirt cheap. Really? Like not outrageously cheap, but you could get a one bed apartment for 150,000 NZ dollars. Really? To buy it outright. So I was very much considering doing it if I had 150,000 dollars. Wow. But yeah, so it was very strange. Everything was very, you know, all the objects and stuff was quite expensive, but houses were, you know, totally affordable. Now, I had mentioned that there are 30 native languages spoken there. Are those very present at all? Or were they in your travels? Did you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Canuck population is very... Um, present uh -huh. and you can hear those languages being spoken wherever you kind of go but there does seem to be a kind of a, a split between mm -hmm. the french people and the indigenous people and you can see that just in the in numia where the people live so there is a very french part of town and it's it's weirdly distinct same with um things like buses you go on a local bus there are no french people just none wow so yeah it's very yeah it's it's slightly unsettling going and seeing that stuff now there is quite a bit of i think political tension there isn't there i believe so internally right? yeah and it's because of new caledonia being part of france yeah right so i think that they were given a series of referenda where they could vote for independence yeah and I believe in the first two, they um, didn't meet the threshold in terms of the number of votes in order to... Oh, um, for to, it to count. Yeah, well, to get independence. Oh, and I then see, yeah. in the third referendum, this yeah. is where things get really, really contentious. It was held in December of 2021. Okay. And the, um, the number of people who had voted in that referendum for sovereignty, for yeah, independence, yeah. it was very low. Yeah. But the problem is that this is in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. And the voter turnout was actually shockingly low as well. Yeah. So maybe not necessarily representative of what people really? actually yeah. wanted. So. They are now saying, I mean, they've been saying this all along, but they've been saying that this was a flawed referendum. It was held at exactly the wrong time. Yeah. In the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. The results are not valid. Yeah. Right. So that's 
kind of that, that's still a story that's unfolding what was the result of this referendum the third one the result was uh, against full sovereignty oh. and so france oh. basically said well you still belong to us oh wow okay yeah that does feel a bit dodgy. Yeah, so <laughs> there is a lot of tension now that has been built up around that. Yeah, the, there's um, what's called a Melanesian spearhead group, yep. um, which includes Fiji, um, the Solomon Islands, Vanuatu, Papua New Guinea. And, you know, they have been petitioning to have the um, the referendum results declared invalid yeah others have been petitioning this as well the um the local uh, pro independence group the flnks has been very vocal about this and so it, it's unclear where this is headed wow. right now but it so is, is it is very... an extremely contentious issue and very current yeah wow well I, I I wanted to touch on the language thing because yeah. you sort of you've brought it up and I I felt like there was a I don't know I, maybe a slight mistake okay. you know in what you said ah please correct um, me so you said that there were these thirty related or thirty or so related languages yep. and they're all you know very much in the same family group there is one that is not please tell me there is um, West Duvian uh -huh. um, it is a Polynesian outlier language. And it it's it inhabits one of those little islands, um, Uvia, mm -hmm. and it's quite a weird case because those thirty Kanak languages, they're the major languages of that island, and there is even one particular one that is also on Uvia, and the West Uvian Polynesian language has changed, has merged towards the Kanak. Languages. Oh, really? How so? Yeah. So there's a couple of things. There's the, the, the simple stuff. So four vowels have been added, and oh. the syllable structure has actually changed. So um, in Polynesian, you can't have a final consonant in a syllable. Mm -hmm. So like dog has the g. And in West Vian, that you now can. Wow, that's Kanak languages. That's that quite different. Interacted. Now, the the weirdest thing I don't know. I think this is the weirdest thing. Is uh, do you know about um, numeral systems? Uh just very little. Well, this this Polynesian language has a quinary numeral system. Explain. So they think that the original system was the Polynesian, which is just your, your decimal. You know, count to ten. Start over. 10, 10, 10. Okay. Yeah. But the belief is that the interaction with the IA people, um, the Kanak people mm -hmm. on that same island, who use this Quinary system, uh, has meant that now this Polynesian language has adopted the, that system. Now, it's weird, okay? So, uh, from what I understand, it means that you count five and then everything goes again. Ah, so instead of 10, it's five. It's a, uh, what do they call it? Like a five base. Okay. Um, so your five is your base. And I think the, the idea is that it probably came from the hands, you know, five fingers. Mm -hmm. So counting yep. from five. Now, you know how in a decimal system you go 10 and then you go 100 and then you go 1,000. That's kind of the, you know, the base numbers. Yep. Right? In a quinary system, you go five and then 
that's written as 10, <laughs> like that's your 10. And then you go 25 is your 100. And then your 1000 would be, oh, what would it be? 200, no, it would be, what's 25 times uh, 25? I don't know where you're going with this. I'm so <laughs> lost. <laughs> I, let's be honest, I'm also lost. <laughs> it's a wild system. Um, but basically, it was, um, yeah, base five. And so you count mm. up to five, and then you, you know, that, that is the same as 10. So it would be like hands. Yeah. So one hand would be five, two hands would be done, three hands would be 15, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. I, I saw that and I was thinking, you, didn't you uh, work on a language with a bit of a weird number system? Yeah, it, it was based on two. On two? Yeah. How did that work? You have one. And then you have two. Yeah. And then you repeat. What? So? Two plus one. <laughs> two plus two. Two plus two plus one. No way. Yeah. How do they do big numbers? They just didn't? Yep. <laughs> so they would have sort of big plural terms. For yeah. That. Lots of stuff. <laughs> so would there be never a time where they needed to count to a hundred, say? That's what was reported. Wow. So you just had two numbers. Mm -hmm. Did they have two numbers and only two words? Or did they have base two and then different words for the other numbers? No, just two numbers. Wow, that's incredible. I love the variations you get in things like number systems. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Mm. So I want to get back to what you saw yes. there. Yes. And now... Captain James Cook. I didn't see him. No. <laughs> well, he he named the place New Caledonia because he, he said that it resembled, parts of it resembled Scotland. Huh. So what did you see there in terms of, you know, the, the environment? Well, I've been to Scotland and I've now been to New Show Caledonia. <laughs> and they look nothing alike. There is no resemblance whatsoever. New Caledonia is very, very mountainous. Really? Yeah, unexpectedly so. Uh, so there are the kind of flat areas where the, the towns are, and then it's just enormous, very peaky-looking mountains. And it's very red dirt okay. and scrub. Hmm. And then you go, you know, different places, like the um, there's a little island called Ilopins. Did that, you go there? Yes, yes, yeah. What was there? Uh, Pins. Pines, pine oh, trees. Oh, okay. Um, so they have the, the. I'm sorry, I'm not a master of French. <laughs> so they have just heaps and heaps of pine trees, uh, the you know the, the the indigenous species of pine tree, and I cannot imagine that there's anything in there that looks Scottish whatsoever. Okay. I think James Cook probably needed to go to Specsavers. Now, they're still mining nickel there, is that right? Yes. Now, is that evident at all? Yeah, it's it's there, and there's this enormous mine that if you take the bus over this hill, you can just peek and see the mine. So it's still going, um, but it seems to be kind of not obvious from the main town or from the airport or anywhere else. But I did see it, yeah. But also a source of environmental destruction? <laughs> yeah. Cultural destruction? Yeah. Yep. 
as, as is typical yeah. in and, these places. And very much this history of, you know, uh, over overdoing it, you know, taking whatever is physically possible <laughs> and then being left, you know, with a pretty destroyed area. Yeah. What else was there that was interesting? Well, we snorkeled and <laughs> there's nothing interesting you can say about snorkeling. It's then why do you do it? It's so good and it's so visually exciting. You know, you see loads of, you know, probably hundreds of different of like species of fish. But you can't describe them. You know, like if I said, hey, there was this fish that was that had a line down the middle and one side of it was black and the other side was white. That's really cool to see, but it's not that cool to hear about. I don't know. I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> um, there were turtles. So that was really, really cool. Yeah, we swam. Wait, so you, you're sitting here telling me that there's nothing interesting to report. <laughs> and then now you're telling me that you went snorkeling with turtles. Yeah. Well, yeah, but. I guess, isn't that pretty normal? When no! When was the last time you swam with turtles? Never! Really? Wow. You live such a deprived lifestyle. Starts to feel that way. <laughs> um, there was, um, yeah, there was some pretty nice stuff. I saw a snake. That very much excited me because big fan of snakes. When I was a kid, I, I learned how to catch snakes safely did you approach this snake oh, oh absolutely to... yes yeah i did so if a snake is you know wriggling along i don't know the, the path right the power of a snake <laughs> yeah. is that they can like flick around they've got like all this muscle to, to flick around and bite you okay right this isn't you know not for pythons and stuff that would wrap around you but you know okay so you see a snake <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching your face and you're just like, I, I don't care. Okay, so you see a snake. If you want to catch it, you get um, either a forked stick or, you you know, if it's small, you get your two fingers. And you catch it right behind the head. Like, Don't tell me that you caught the snake. <laughs> of course I did. Ridiculous. Right, and then you catch that like bit and then obviously the head can't spin around and get you. And then you grab the tail in case it is some sort of python-y like thing. And then boom. But it wasn't it. right. No, no, this okay. was like a... A small <laughs> could you describe it um, yeah it was it was really vivid it was like you it was like your storybook snake it was like <laughs> what does um, that look like it was like i think it was red and white and it was just blocks of red and then white and red and then white all the way down the tail and how did you know that it wasn't venomous i i didn't actually <laughs> it was a really stupid yeah, that uh, thing to do incredibly foolish um but you know like it's okay so you caught it yeah well this one not so much he was oh, very... then why did you say you caught it well because I, I i grabbed it is probably the better the better word for it because he got away okay yeah so i didn't like catch it you there attempted no... yeah i suppose to catch it attempted in my previous snake interactions i have been a better catcher <laughs> than this one but yeah i i i love a good catching of a snake and this was another you know beautiful snake so yeah fantastic <laughs> <laughs>
There was other, another thing that I, I came across, which I was quite interested about, is um, you've talked a bit about the, the Canucks. Yeah. And um, we haven't really talked about why they are called the Canucks. Do you know why? Yes. Okay. And it is completely random. It doesn't, it's nothing to do with their own language. Okay. So it's a French thing. It's not a French no? thing. It's a Hawaiian thing. Oh. Okay. So the Hawaiian phrase for ordinary person is kanaka maoli. Oh. Okay. And the European colonizers of the Pacific used that phrase to basically mean any of these people. And they just kind of described them. Now, kanaka in Hawaiian is actually from. What word do you think it's from in your other Polynesian languages? I do not know. What's the word for um, a person? Tangata. Okay. Yeah? So that's the base form of it. Then it is kanaka in Hawaiian. And it's essentially, uh, they were called by the, um, I assume, French. They were called this phrase, the kanaka maoli. Now... Before the kind of colonization, there was no actual name, you know, unified name for the Kanak people. They all had their individual mm -hmm. um, places and their cultures and then, you know, people. Uh, but there was no name overall. Now, that name that they, uh, you know, that, that was adopted uh, was Kanak. And it was just Kanaka without the A. Mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the name the, the French have been using. Quite interestingly, other things have now been coined, other words have been coined from that phrase. So, um, although Kanak is plural and singular, so it's like the Kanak mm -hmm. and also these Kanak. Okay. There's other words that have been now uh, um, coined from that, um, including, which I thought we should probably look into, Kanaka, K-A-N-E-K-A. Which is a musical genre. Really? Yes. And it is a form of reggae with added flutes, percussion, and harmonies. Ah, I would like to investigate this. It has political, often political lyrics, mm -hmm. um, and can be sung in, you know, different, different, various different languages, including French, Melanesian languages, or Kanak languages. Okay. I believe we should play a clip. <laughs> Wow, that was amazing. I love that. It is a great vibe. When you go home tonight and you're putting your feet up with your you know, glass of whiskey, I don't know what you do in, in the evenings, um, I think you should crack into some Kanika music. I think I will. Okay, well, that was really fascinating. So today we talked about New Caledonia and the people, and we talked about the languages there, and a little bit about the French language, and just about John's adventures <laughs> generally in the islands. And also we talked about the more pressing issues like the referendum for independence. You've been listening to The Pacific Drift. Thank you to our production team, Tim. Artwork by Becky and Jason. 
music by Jazar Out of School. We want to acknowledge the Research Impact Award from the University of Auckland. We'll also include the link to that Kanaka song in the description. Thank you.